You are now listening to the Major Jobs Podcast. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Major Jobs Podcast. Today I got to talk with the Grammy-winning band Portugal the Man, whose hit song Feel It Still went to number four in the Billboard Top 100 charts. And they were really fun to talk to. Definitely some of the most famous people I've talked to in this podcast. So I really want to thank them for doing this. And uh, I hope you enjoy. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Uh, I want to thank you first off. It's not every day you get to talk with like Grammy winning bands. So that's pretty cool. I just wanted to introduce myself. So I'm in high school and I started this podcast to learn about different jobs and you guys are probably like one of the mo- like extremely well known and it gives like a different perspective on different things so like uh i've interviewed a lot of different jobs i've interviewed like a hypnotist i've interviewed a systems administrator i interviewed the guy that made the language for game of thrones so i've interviewed like a bunch of different people and i've also interviewed like composers and Mm -hmm. i think that's probably like different from what you do but it's interesting listening to people that make music because you can tell that they're really passionate about what they're doing and they really love what they're doing and i really like talking to people that make music so that's part of the reasons why like i reached out to you guys and i'm happy to be doing this right now oh yeah thanks for reaching out man (laughs) hey i mean i'm pretty i'm still pretty kind of starstruck right now so uh, I'll just ask, like, the first question I usually ask, uh, what would you say your job title is? Oh, man. Oh, we talk, this is John, by the way. Uh, we, we talk about this quite a bit, I guess. It's always weird when people ask what we do, because you never say musician. Yeah. Right? It just doesn't feel like you do anything. Yeah. I, we end up just saying, I don't know, and looking around. <laughs> He just uh, moves on. For creative, creative dips, I guess, is uh, kind of how, how we sort of do. But yeah, it's weird. It's, it's, it's funny because what we do, or what we say we do, like technically, if, you know, if I'm filing my taxes, I guess I'd say I'm a bassist. But playing bass is probably about 1% of my job. And it's a lot of just, uh, it's a, uh, it's a lot of just communication and dealing with the uh, dealing with each other and trying to when you're trying to create, especially with a group of people, it's um yeah, it's really weird. It's a uh, you do a you do a lot of stuff. I don't know, but I don't think we we're barely musicians. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, what would you say like your job description is, or like what do you do? Oh man, it's. You really do everything. It's it's funny. Like the last, we keep really busy, but it's never like what most people think. It's uh, you just kind of are always doing something, and it's kind of it's it's weird. You're kind of moving with the herd because we've got so many people, especially when we're on when we're on tour and stuff like that. It's uh, it's it's really a lot of it is just talking about what you're going to do. There's a lot of uh, you hurry up to wait. You get up really early and run late to the airport where you get there, but you end up making it early and you just wait around. Or you've got to make it to this show for a load in at a certain time, but nothing else is ready. So you just a uh, lot of lot of rushing and then just sitting around. It's probably kind of bad for our bodies. 
we're we're incredibly active. And then once we get to someplace like a studio, then it's just we sit around the studio and and play music and talk about things forever. And it's it's kind of uh, hot and cold on your body and mind. And then when you're on tour, you're very very active, but you really don't have to think at all. And it's a it's it's a really weird job for sure. So. Um... Did you know that you wanted to be making music from an early age? Like, I know you guys met in high school, but, like, before, even, like, before that, like, when you guys were, like, children, did you guys, like, know you wanted to be making music? Oh, I never wanted to play music, I think. <laughs> I don't think he still does. <laughs> yeah, I don't really like it. We like music, and now it's just turned into a thing you have to do. Yeah, it's it's a weird thing when you just grow up listening to music. Uh-huh. And then somehow you stumble into creating it, which for us, it wasn't ever a like, oh, we're really good at this. Let's um, let's go do it. It was more like, uh, I guess we could make enough gas money to get to the next city. And it was it was more just for the travel. Like we were doing yeah. it to travel and kind of learn a little bit about it. I was I was checking other responsibilities. It was like, oh yeah, we can just kind of see, just drive around the United States. It's just kind of a road trip, but you uh, you could give you could tell your parents that it had some sort of purpose, you know. And but it was really just uh, at the beginning, we just felt like living in a van and hanging out and going around and meeting people and seeing things all around the country, <clears throat> and uh, ended up being around the world, and we just never really stopped. You know, I was a playing music but I from an early age but I never thought I was always pretty level-headed I think I never thought I was gonna you know, take it anywhere I thought that was only like rock stars we didn't know that bands could exist on a smaller level and when we found that out we just decided to try it and then we just never really stopped yeah I guess more than anything like I'm a really driven and stubborn person and I think when when you have that combination it was just the first time I saw Zach's band playing music in high school I saw them covering Rage Against the Machine and Cannibal Corpse I believe it was there's some things like that they're, they're just covering songs and I thought to myself if if kids can play this why can't they write it and then that became like oh well yeah we should be able to write a song it's not as easy as it looks, clearly. I mean, or, or everybody would play music. But I think this whole thing has just been us, like, learning how to do it. I mean, we're still not. It, you can have a song like Feel It Still, and you have no idea how to write a song like Feel It Still. And I think that, I mean, that goes for everybody, though. That's like, it's it's that thing that you you can't really bank on it. You know, Danger Mouse doesn't know how to write a song like that. Dr. Luke doesn't know how to write a song like that. George Martin doesn't know how to write a song like that. There's very few people that, that do. You just kind of hope to capture those moments. And you luck out when you do. So what would you say, like, you do, you guys do on a daily basis? Like, what is your process like? Oh, uh, we just, we go into the studio every day. Uh-huh. And... We uh we eat a lot of chicken wings. I think that's uh, definitely video games. It's 
we definitely we don't rush the process uh-huh. and uh we put in a lot of hours and just kind of hang out together you never know it's that's the weird thing about our job is we can go into one day we'll go into a studio for 12 hours and get 10 minutes of actual work done some days we go in for two hours and we get like seven hours of work done you never know it's like uh, it's just all about things rolling and it's really, you just have to be there and put yourself in that, uh, in that headspace. And it's, it's different every day. And so you can't really plan for it, but you just have to be, be there and be ready for it. I think. Yeah. I, w- I would say that it's the, the thing about what, what we do now at this point, like when we signed to Atlantic records, when we signed to a major label, I did it with the intent to try and write records that can hang with Led Zeppelin and Ray Charles and Aretha Franklin. You know, like we could be putting out records every few months and we could be doing that, but it's, it's trying to like maintain the integrity of the band, maintain and, and just hang with the classics. You know, that's a really difficult thing. It's, Every time we go into the studio, there's there's constant songwriting happening. There, there will constantly being be, have ideas being thrown around. There's here's a lyric, here's a thought. It's just trying to figure out how to glue those together naturally is is the difficult part of the process. It's like the second it becomes a job, it's 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 a different different thing. Mm-hmm. Like a different. I mean, writing music is generally pretty easy. I mean, you should be able to play three chords and say some words. You know, that's that's the easy part. You know what notes work, but where do you put those notes? Where do they land? What's the phrasing? It's my job is overthinking everything, pretty much. If that's like what a producer does, like you overthink all of it and you assume what everybody's gonna think when they hear it. So, yeah, lots of just thinking. Yeah, <laughs> and it's weird because you're just like trying to think of something so cool, like <laughs> like how do I say something really cool that uh, yeah, you want to hear? I know that feeling. Like, yeah, I mean, even yeah. like writing and interviewing, like do, doing this, like how do you ask the perfect question? Like yeah. how do you do that? Exactly. It's it's really it's way harder than it looks. Yeah. Giving yourself an impossible task. Yeah. And trying to do it and 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 getting into something that you're willingly jumping into a job. It's like, you know, you're never going to finish because as soon as you do one thing, there's already another thing started and it's pretty stupid, but this man, yeah, you can't say, I see, I think anytime there's really great lyrics come up, you, you can't say with any sort of pretension or, uh, wait, you know, it's just, you kind of have to just say it the way you would say it. And if it doesn't feel natural, I think it's obvious that it's you're trying to sound cool. Right. You know, you're you're trying to do that thing. There's nothing cool about that. I mean, that's why like most pop songs, to me, like if I were to look at pop music, I would say the reason pop music is so surface level and I mean, there's never really deep lyrics in in pop music. And I think it's because you're just delivering melody and you're delivering a thought that literally anybody could have i mean you still need the person to sing it right and sing it with conviction but it's there's nothing too smart about it 
and that's that's why they get away with these melodies. That's why they become these big songs. But I think trying to write something that means a lot to you is a really difficult task. Uh, so can we talk about uh, Feel It Still a little bit? So what was the process like uh, actually making it and then seeing it become so big? Like, what was that like? Like the whole, I guess, like timeline for you guys? Yeah. Well, the funny thing about that one is it was the quickest, easiest, natural thing we've ever done. Uh, John pretty much wrote that mostly on his own with, uh, with our buddy Ace. It took about an hour, and that's not normally the case. Normally, we will work on the song for, I mean, you never know. It can be weeks to months to years. You never know. That one just kind of came out, and we always felt it. We are just like, yeah, that's pretty good. We clearly didn't know what we had, and uh, making it, like, touring on it and working it the last two years is definitely um, – it's not normal because normally it's way harder to make it. And that one was incredibly easy to make and way harder to work. It just got so huge. So we had to um, play it thousands of times at radio stations or shows. It's all over. But I can tell you from my perspective, like what, what happened. And I, I, I feel like great, great songs are either written in an hour or five years. You know, they, they're things that like, some people just kind of know what it needs to be and, and how to get it there. The the lyric Rebel Just for Kicks and 1966, like we, we had that for four years. Like that, that was not just like off the top of my head, I'm singing this. It's a lyric that I had written down and I tried singing on a bunch of songs. Like that song went to multiple producers and it went to like some of our favorite producers too. They just, it, it never landed on the right thing. And, and we have a few of those lyrics where they just sit and you wait until it, till it happens in the right way. That song may have come together really quickly, but it's because Asa happened to be in the room while I was playing this bass line that was very 60s. Like it was very Motown. It's like this nostalgic bass line. And as soon as that went down, I sang... Uh, he handed me a mic and I just sang I'm um, a rebel like rebel just for kicks to to the melody of Mr. Postman by the Marvelettes and this is like that's just like classic songwriting this is what Motown used to do this is what I mean every artist in the 50s did like we took these standards and we just kind of passed them around and you find a new way to sing twinkle twinkle little stars to ABC you know that's like what songwriting should be. It should be giving you like a new thought with a melody that is familiar to you. And I think that's just what really glued that together. And it, to be honest, I had actually tried to sing it to that melody, I, I believe when we first wrote it. It's just, it didn't have the bass line. You know, like it, it, some of these pieces are just so necessary to, to, to getting things there. Uh-huh. And I just wanted to ask like, uh, how did you guys go from living in a van to like breaking like mainstream like and getting like top five in the American charts? How did you guys like, I don't know, what was that like going from there, going from one place to that other place? Like what did you guys do to do that? 
Well, it was a long time. I was almost a decade. <laughs> so, uh, it, uh, it was so, it's, it's weird, you know, it was, it was all very, very gradual, you know, you just, uh, we, we were touring at the beginning, you know, we had a rice cooker and a bag of rice and we ate, we ate one like dollar menu item hot a week from, you know, a fast food chain or something. We were just living unbelievably poor for years. And then, you know, it's, it's you know, we'd go out on our first tour. Can, can I just describe it like this? Do you, do you remember being like a kindergartner or in first grade? And you remember how big those third graders look? Yes, yes, yes. Out on the playground? Yes, I know how that feels. Like, but when you become the third grader, they're yeah. no longer big. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it's with every step. Like, it's been years, like 10, 10 years. Like, we basically went from elementary school to high school. Uh-huh. And every year, uh-huh. like... It it always felt like we were the same size. That's a good analogy. So, yeah, you go back to some of these venues. Like I remember playing the Fonda in in L.A. the first time, and how huge that venue looked. And we can play there now, and it's like an underplay. Like it's a small show for us. And it's just you kind of have to go to those venues and remember how big it felt yeah. when you did it. You got to go back to your elementary school gym and look at how high the hoops are. They're not that high. And, get a uh, on the toilet. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> don't take a pee in a urinal at a, at a school. And, you know, it's, uh, it, it, you don't really notice, you know, it's, uh, it's that whole thing. And so it was all very gradual, you know. We just, we'd go out on our first tour and say 15 people came to the shows and they told a few friends next time we through 30, next time 60, and just kept on going like that. And we, you know, it was slow. We were we'd live in the van every day or sleep on somebody's floor. And one day we're like, all right, we can afford a forty a thirty dollar hotel for eight people to cram in. And then eventually we're like, all right, we can afford two rooms. So there's just four people in each room. Then it's like another one, and they're like, hey, I, I'm getting an apartment, guys. And uh, you know, it's all it's all just uh, it's it's very it's a very slow burn. But yeah, you don't really notice it because it's totally. It's very slow and gradual. Feel it yeah. still. I'll, I'll take you around to feel it still. Because yeah. this, is, this is the the turning point for everything is that you write a song like that. And I, I think to understand that that's always kind of been the goal. That's the goal of every artist. Like, you want to write a song that just works. It's, for me, again, it's being stubborn and uh, and a driven person. And I just know that we grew up with all these like indie rock elites and they have like this very elitist attitude and the way we talk about pop music growing up was like oh anybody can write a pop song like that's easy like I want to write the weirdest craziest thing and you'd throw out all your ideas and you think how smart you are for being able to put 10 ideas in one song and have it be like a 10 minute song it's Ultimately, I, I find the most difficult thing in the world to be writing a pop song. To write something that, like, it doesn't matter what your religion is or your political views, is write something that everybody agrees on is, is incredibly difficult. And it, it was more me just kind of being a, an asshole, I guess, and saying, like, yeah, you know what? Like, I I want to try to write that song, and I want to like prove how difficult it is to ourselves, at least. And 
yeah, I don't, I don't know if we could ever do it again. I mean, I would, I would want to try to like, and I will try to, it's just, those don't come across, come along every day. Even, even those pop producers, like even those like hit maker producers, they work with Brianna, they work with Ariana Grande, they work with Imagine Dragons and Ed Sheeran, they work with the biggest artists in the world. And I guarantee, like, if you take any million follower Instagram celebrity and put them in the room with the biggest songwriter in the world, you might have a hit. Like, you take the biggest artist in the world and put them in the, the room with a hit songwriter, like, you're pretty much guaranteed that. It is, like, very difficult coming from ground level and trying trying to get there. But if you spread a, spread that success, uh, our drummer, Jason, was just talking about this. He he said, you know what, I, I tried to look at like, the success of this song and how well he did last year, um, just like money-wise. And he's like, if you spread that across the entire career of this band, we've been working a like low-income job for you know, 15 years. It's, it's just like you kind of get it all at once. And that's cool that's great but it's it's nowhere near like like you you look at how successful that song is i'm not to take you on like a tangent about like famous music and all that but it is something that some of my favorite artists like hit you know artists with hits have talked about and it's so much less money than you would expect it to be um and i I think that's that's a really interesting thing like that makes me want to try to do it again because it's, I I think there's something really fun about trying to like balance things out in music, like make some room for the Gautiers and the Gorillas and you know the things that that we all would listen to on our side. Yeah, the misfits that aren't uh, necessarily supposed to be in the pop world but accidentally get thrown across. You know, it's. Uh, it's yeah, you'll never see the Beastie Boys hosting an award show Kevin or presenting. <laughs> yeah, nobody would ever let them do that, but they'll have some hit songs, and I think that's really, really cool. To be able to prove it, I mean, that's what I want to do more than anything. It's like we're playing a game of horse, and, you know, yeah. I just made that half-court shot, and I got to make it again from the Toyota Corolla. <laughs> Oh, wait, can you repeat that? It kind of cut out. You were talking about the half-court shot. Oh, I was just joking. <laughs> I said we won the Toyota oh. Corolla. We're shooting for the G-Wagon. Um, what's your advice to a teenager that wants to do what you do? Don't. Don't? <laughs> Don't? <laughs> nah, man. It's fun. It's, uh, it's, it's hard to condone it. It's like, uh, you know, because it, it, it's hard. And it most most of the time doesn't work out. And we have been very, it's been a mix of luck, um, just a lot of hard work and a lot of sacrifice for a lot of things, man. We miss deaths, birthdays, uh, births. And um, yeah, it's safe to say it's actually like a self, selfish sacrifice. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I would just say it's harder than it looks, and your job is to make it look easy. I mean, that's, that is the job 100%. You are supposed to make it look like anybody could do this. 
but at the same time understanding that not anybody can do it and to to really hold yourself to a standard like do you feel comfortable saying that do you feel comfortable i mean it's it's all about comfort i mean it, re- it really is and that that comfort could be making the listener feel uncomfortable like it, it could be that like it's it's honesty i i think music is honesty if you want to if you love pop music write pop music you know if you hate pop music at least understand why you don't like it you know, I, I, I think so, one of my buddies uh, who actually plays in uh, Unknown Mortal Orchestra, um, the bass player in that band, he, he said to me at one point, like we were talking about different artists, and I said I didn't like, uh, I forget what it was. There was some artist that I, I wasn't interested in. And he said, okay, well, learn how to play like one of, one of their songs in a way that makes it good. You know, like in your style, can you like play that song and make it what you want it to be? And I thought that was a really interesting approach to things. So like, if you don't like something, try to look at like find good in it. I, I, I mean, my my favorite artists, my favorite people in the studio have been people that understand not only their area of music but other genres. You can say like, hey, question like the Clash would play. Yeah, and then, you know what, now could you play something like Prince would play? And that's not a mind that everybody has, but I think it is really important in in the studio. This is an impossible task, throwing out. Like, know all of music, music history. You, you kind of have to know where things are coming from. Like, if you like, uh, you know, if you like, Hendrick, go back to like KRS-One, and like you go back to the birth of like what got that there. Like listen to Tupac. Don't be Lil Van saying that Tupac sucks. Like don't be that guy. Like, you do not want to be that person who understand where your music comes from. I mean, it all comes from the blues and soul, and you know, you just gotta understand that. Um, I don't want to take that much of your time anymore, so I just want to say thank you i really appreciate you guys doing Dude, of this. course great questions by the way because uh <laughs> thank you yeah, that's a, it's a really interesting con- concept like um, doing the just random people what do they do for a living that's yeah super so, interesting that's awesome man. yeah i feel like like the school system doesn't really teach about uh what different people do so i kind of just want to teach other people about how other people make a living yeah that's so, uh, yeah. killer right and that's going to be it for my interview with grammy winning band portugal the man they were so fun to talk to i wish i had more time but obviously they're really busy they're uh they were in the studio while they were doing it so they didn't have that much time but i really want to thank them for just giving me that like you know 30 or 40 minutes just talking to me I really appreciate them, and they were so funny, they were so fun to talk to, and I learned a lot about, you know, how hard they work to get to where they are today, and just like, uh, what it's like being in the limelight and being in the mainstream, you know, it's really interesting hearing from those people themselves, you know, you always see them on TV, watching the Grammys, you're watching it, you're like, I wonder what that's like, and actually hearing it from the people themselves, you know, it gives you a different perspective on things, and I really want to thank them for doing this interview. That's going to be it for this podcast. I really appreciate you guys listening. If 
you have like an interesting job or something that you want me to try to find someone to talk about, just follow me on Instagram at Major Jobs Podcast. At uh, Major Jobs Podcast. Uh, that's my Instagram. And that's gonna do it for this episode. I really want to thank John and Zach for doing this again. They were so great. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Major Jobs Podcast. If you liked it, please be sure to follow us on Instagram at Major Jobs Podcast. If you have an interesting career and want to be featured on the show, send us an email at majorjobspodcast at gmail.com with your job title and college major if applicable. Again, thanks for listening. And remember, life happens wherever you are, whether you make it or not.